What's going on, everybody? I am not Christian Piles. I am JD Raider, or Comrade Raider, as some of you call me. So we're just talking about Russia today. There's the That's new it. Twitter handle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shout out to whoever made Russia underscore JD. It's a, it's a funny Twitter account. But no, we're actually not talking about um, just Russia today. We'll probably talk a little Russia. It's hard not to. But some stuff to dive into. Um, David Bray also joining the show in Christian's absence. The crew did make it to Oslo. I think they just landed uh, like an hour or two ago, so they're kind of still getting settled in. Maybe you have to do a negative test or something before they can get out and about. Yeah. But, Hopefully they've aced right. that test, you know? That's that's one you're going to want to ace. <laughs> Pretty important to pass that one. Ben, how well, you doing this uh, morning? I thought Norway uh, a little sleepy. Yeah, I just woke up. I thought... Uh, <laughs> But I thought Norway went full like you could do whatever the heck you want now. Um, I there were some restrictions I know in place. Maybe they did lift that. I think maybe Spay was saying something about it, oh. they've gone like back and forth. Or at I least Spay, do you not have to take a test? There I think you go. It, I think, but doesn't does that go into effect on like October first or something? I thought there was something about like when like it was anyway. Whatever it was, it was like changing yeah. as they were getting ready for the trip. But yeah. Crazy nice. times. For but, sure. Uh, crew made it. Hopefully they can start getting in some stuff. There's uh, USA Wrestling already has boots on the ground. I've seen like they've been posting videos and stuff of guys working out, eating dinner, stuff like that. So we're really doing it. It's really happening. I, I saw that photo too. I was really wondering like – I was curious about why – you know, who, who who comes up with a seating arrangement at a dinner like that? I wanted to see Burroughs and Dake next to each other and they were not. They were kind of uh, – Well, Burroughs, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were not. <laughs> do you think fun. they're friendly? Do you think they're more friendly now? I doubt. I don't think so. What? Yeah, what, what about when you're part of a team? <laughs> like, what's that? What's cordial. That, what's that like? Yeah. Are you, are you cordial? Or are you? You know. What do you do? You see this guy across the table that you've like had insane battles with. Yeah. What do you do? Well, they're. This is the third team they've been on together now. So, um, yeah, man, I think uh, I. Th- <laughs> I think it's very awkward. Is what I would guess. Probably a little bit, and they're probably gonna have to wrestle off at least one more time in 2024. Yeah, unless yeah. JB goes bulk job. You never know. I mean, maybe he'll like he'll like eating. You never know. Yeah. You know, you know who is like pretty much right across the table from each other: David Taylor, Jaden Cox, and uh, they don't like each other. <laughs> Thomas Gilman and Dayton Fix not far away from each other. So I don't know. Oh man, that's kind of funny. I didn't even realize. I didn't even think about that. A lot of kind of rivals on this team. There's some healing yeah. going on over there in Oslo, <laughs> I think. You know? Mm-hmm. I wonder that if it's like that um, for other countries. I guess most of them, they don't have, outside of like Russia, have super close battles and several in Japan. But and I, a lot of times Russians just leave. <laughs> yeah. Number two is yeah, just I leave, mean, go somewhere else. But They do. And then there's obviously also, I mean, no other country has the, can replicate the the politician that we have, where that builds rivalries. Also, probably even almost even more than the senior level stuff, where you know, if you wrestle for Iowa and I wrestle Oklahoma State, we don't really like each other, or Iowa and Penn State, or whatever, right? So there's that system too that doesn't really exist anywhere else. Right. All right, but bringing it back to American soil, American wrestling news. Um, Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. 
uh, Coach Roselli, Hayeswinkle and company. Um, they picked up two big recruits this week, both Oklahoma boys. Not surprising to see Oklahoma getting Oklahoma recruits, but A.J. Heeg, he's a 197 guy, and K.J. Evans, he's probably like a 57, 49, 65, I think 57 that guy. What do you know about these guys, Bray? These are two. These are two really high upside guys. Um, AJ Heeg was he, he surprised me when he was in Fargo because he was wrestled one ninety five in Fargo, but he won his state title at one fifty two. He actually what? wrestled. Yeah, he wrestled. That's the bulk job right there. That's a bulk job. He wrestled Angelo Ferrari, the the younger Ferrari brother, um, in the state finals. Won that, and and so he was like ninety five. I was like, wait, hold on. Same guy, but and it is, but he he's gonna go one eighty two for super thirty two. So there's a chance that that maybe he ends up like an eighty four, but eighty four ninety seven guy. And um, I don't know. Sometimes when you see those lightweights like move up in weight and and have success, it's a good sign. So his losses in Fargo, he was he was four and two in Fargo, didn't place, but he um you know his only losses were Seth Shoemate and Jacob Meisner, who are tough dudes. So I think he's I think he's gonna do really well. I think he's got a, like I said a ton of upside. He's not one of those guys that you you can like guarantee for sure points out of, but I see a, a really nice like trajectory for him. And and KJ Evans is kind of the same. It's an early commitment. He's just a sophomore, so you know that that's always that's always interesting. He just popped into the rankings after Fargo. He was in 16U finals, and that was a, a weight class that had some tough guys, but not a ton of guys who are super proven on the national level. Um, the one rank, the one like ranked guy in, in the bracket before that was Zach Ryder from New York and Ryder beat him in the finals. But KJ Evans has like crazy power. Um he's dropping to one forty five for Super Thirty Two and and uh you can see you can see clip of him on the screen. But he's a guy that's pretty raw, ton of upside like like Heeg and I think they can they can do some nice things with Evans. Um uh, hey I'm totally blanking what's the name of the one ninety seven that they signed last year? Oklahoma. Uh, oh um Piccolo. Piccolo, yeah. So um, he could probably have to go down, or you know, or one one of those guys. Because Pickle was really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his upside looks pretty good too. Yeah, I agree. He's yeah, he's mm-hmm. fun, man. He's got all that like jujitsu background, and and does some things yeah. that guys aren't used to. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he probably probably does go down. Although, I mean, he's just a junior, so they've got some time to figure out what what size he'll be long term. Yeah. For sure. Lubricelli picking up some momentum at, at Oklahoma. I think obviously uh, they just got the same. Hazel back on staff. Uh, the NATO thing probably helps a bunch. Uh, it, it's like man, that was that was tough getting going, but now he's getting going. I think it's uh, hopefully picking up some steam and get better. And, I mean, you guys were talking about it I, within the last couple of weeks on here that like Oklahoma State has had the borders basically locked down for a long, long yeah, time. And and these are, I mean, these are all tough guys, like really, you know, good guys from inside the state that they're getting and they're getting on them early. And I don't know, that sometimes can have like a, a that domino effect where yeah. other guys in the state, they're going to see what's happening and, and that'll be, you know, could be, could be really beneficial, but I think it's it'll gotta be, be hard when you're playing little brother. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, there's enough good kids in Oklahoma. I mean, to get you know you're not gonna build your whole team on exclusively oklahoma kids but there's enough good kids to go get and then obviously you can 
you know, he's had a good connection with Ohio and a few other places. So you know, he he could build a team. And then once you start showing some promise, though, there's definitely um, where you could say, you know, Oklahoma State, some of those guys, weights we know are two, three deep, where those guys are going to have a really hard time seeing the light of day. And you can say, hey, look, you know, I know we're not, I know we're not them yet, but we're building, we're having good progress. And, uh, you know, if you come here, there's a lot higher likelihood you're going to start. Yeah. That type of stuff. OU, I mean, OU has such a big athletics brand, especially in the state of Oklahoma. Yes. But Oklahoma State has had that wrestling brand for the longest time. And if, and if like, if Roselli can can capitalize on, man, come be part of this massive athletic department, um, I think that'll be interesting. And I, I do wonder how conference affiliation impacts, if at all, how these kids think about this stuff. But uh, Oklahoma SEC, so that's a... Uh, well, you know yeah. what we talked about last, uh, well, it's last Thursday, I finally got the... I talked. I talked to Coach Smith afterwards and got the implications of it. <laughs> I think it's a pretty big deal, actually. Uh, you know, when we were reading about, uh, I don't remember what the legal case was called, JD, uh, right now. But SEC now, if you're an SEC school, they can determine exactly how it is done on a school by school basis. I uh, have Missouri. If you have a three point five, you get an extra three thousand dollars per semester as an academic reward. And if it's a three point you get, I think it's twenty five hundred dollars a semester. So, for example, for an in-state Missouri kid, um, it's like $20,000 a year to go to school. And if they're on any type of scholarship, even like a, a books or a 1000 bucks, they can receive this academic award. So if they're on $1,000 and they're a good student, they're going to get an extra six. So it bumps up the scholarships immensely. Um, so, you know, right now that's just in the SEC. Who knows if they'll be able to do other places, but maybe that's something Luke could take advantage of. That's huge. So it's so that's huge. money. Yes, it's that's crazy. Like, <laughs> so so <laughs> your head's gonna explode. I mean, so because there there are already <laughs> academic scholarships that that student athletes can get coming in the door. But then you're saying this is basically yeah. like a performance bonus. So it's like correct. Would, does that go on top of your academic aid, or does it like does it replace it, or do you know how that works? Uh, from my understanding, you get a check in the mail. If you do, wow. if you get three point Missouri, you get three point five. You get a three thousand dollars check in the mail for that semester. Do it again the next semester. You get another one. In addition, well, doesn't necessarily not operate straight cash. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does not count against the team's scholarship quota. So, if you're thinking like, "Hey, they have they have 20 guys on scholarship," you know, because they can divvy up the scholarships however they want. That that's a lot of extra money. We're talking more more you know more than a couple full rides essentially if you add up all the six thousand dollars together. That's huge. And then and then you know you think about guys who who are trying to make maybe some of those decisions based on academics and they're like, well, I want to go to this school because of this degree program or whatever. If I'm a good student and I know I can probably mm -hmm. get a pretty decent degree at Missouri as opposed to some other, you know, better academic institution. It's like, well, I can not only get a good degree, but get some cash money every semester. Um, I mean, if you get that, that 3.5 every, every semester for, for five years, that's, that's what is, so what is that? That's like 10 semesters. Like that's 6, 30 grand times. Uh, yeah. 30 grand. That's nice. Uh, especially in college. In college? Hell yeah. That's way nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and and honestly, now for Brian Smith, think about the uh, $6,000. Well, let's just say, I think it was 2500 for the 3.0. Okay. Like, think about the incentive for kids who are, are not doing that well in college to get 3.0. Like, that's yeah. kind of a big deal, an extra five grand per year. Like, I, I can think about my teammates. Some of them that were a little below uh, a 3.0 would have been working their ass off to get a 3.0 because that $5,000 was a really big deal to them. 
Yeah. I mean, just having a goal in general. I remember my, we got a new coach my senior year of college and he, he's like, Hey, you know, you're like, like a couple hundreds away from, from being like a NAI scholar athlete, like a, like basically like academic all American kind of thing. And I had no idea. Cause I like none of us, I don't know. We didn't talk about it, think about it. And he's like, if you do this and this, like you, you know, you can probably get there. Like it just changed the way I thought about my my now grades. Imagine if there was money attached, and if there that. had been actual money, like, <laughs> it's like I would have been thinking Not about just that. Pride. Whole, I would have been thinking about it the whole time. Yeah, all I needed was just somebody to even like mention a goal, and that like that got me motivated. But so for these other guys, it's like, dude, money, come on, it's great. Yeah, I think the only thing for us was uh, if, and I I never had it, but if you got low enough, you had to go into uh, um, mandatory study hall. And I know a lot yeah, of people we were, try, they were trying to avoid that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> For real. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. Unless you want to talk about your time in mandatory study hall some more. <laughs> I never went. You never got mandatory study hall? Not You're one looking time. at a four-time Division II academic All-American. Boom. Wow. Look at yeah. That. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Big brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice work. I didn't realize. Yeah, anyway, which it's really not that impressive, especially at <laughs> Nebraska Kearney, where degrees are pretty easy to come by. Did you get but, an A in dating, the dating game? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wait, that was a class? 100% in that class. <laughs> that was a class for real, JD? Uh, yeah. Wow. Dating in the digital age. Wow. Love it. Boys, you <laughs> Even when towards right. my major. Swipe right, just always swipe right, no matter what. <laughs> No matter what. <laughs> if you're watching this and you're not in college yet, just choose an e- easy major. It, it'll work out. I did geography because I, I thought I was going to be a wrestling coach and I didn't want to do anything else. That sounds that, cool. That doesn't yeah. seem like the easiest way to go, though. Geography, it was super easy. Okay. I didn't even, barely had to try 3.2, you know. So now I would, if, if they would give me more money, I would have had to really try for that 3.5. Yeah. <laughs> 3.5 cashing out, man. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, real. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I came up um, with a ranking. It's going to be an article hitting the site later today. Uh, but it's ranking the off-season transfer tracker and who did the best based on who they got, who left, needs um, – like years of production they'll get from guys, kind of stuff like that, not just, oh, okay, you know, Penn State got Max Dean, national finalist, whatever, so they they lead. But, you know, they had so many guys left. So here's what I came up with. You all can break it down, break me, fight me, whatever you want on it. But I went Stanford number one because basically almost the entire team entered. So – Hold on. Let me ask you. Is this any time from the time the last season ended until the start of this year? Yes. That we're talking about? Okay. Yes. Got it. Basically, the entire team, at least considered leaving, was in the transfer portal, and Cole got them to come back, including NCAA champ Shane Griffith. No other team got an NCAA champ. So, at them number one. I don't know. That seems a little iffy there. It's, it's a little iffy, but hey, Rob Cole had to re-recruit those guys. Yeah, I mean Stanford had had so much to lose. Like they, 
man, I, like yeah. if they would have seen, if these guys would have seen one signal that the program wasn't coming back or what, it, like they could have shoot their program. Their program was in the transfer tracker. Their yeah. program was it. Like <laughs> I, I, don't, I think it's it's a weird, it's a special circumstance, it's a bizarre thing. But but you think about a, a similar situation in Fresno State and like those guys hit the hit the transfer portal and a lot of them were gone before the season started yeah, in January. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's legit. I think it's, I mean, I think it makes a huge amount of sense for these, for Stanford to be number one. Like they had so much to lose. And I know, I know other teams were, were really circling these guys like, and, and slotting them into their lineups and, and things like that, especially Griffith Woods and Abbas. Um, and they did lose Traxler. Yeah. Uh, he went to Virginia tech. So, you know, they didn't keep everybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you guys. That, that make that makes sense. Um, man, um, there's one team on here that you guys forgot that I think is pretty obvious that I don't even I really don't want to give them props. But Wisconsin got McNally and uh, Austin Gomez, but they let Evan Wick go. And oh, so oh, so that's oh, okay. yeah. That's what we're doing we're doing total like total score here. Not just not just score. who'd you get, but Oh. Who you let go too? So yeah, obviously, like they had a good haul. They brought um, they brought in Andrew McDonald Gomez, like you said, but they let go of Evan Wick and Jared Cradiger. Mm. So it, Evan Wick losing Evan Wick trumps both of those guys, in my opinion, um, which is why I actually had Cal Poly number three, uh, and the all they got was Evan Wick, but. That's a huge pickup, especially for a program like Cal Poly. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, they only get one year out of him, but he he's going to be a whole bunch of points this year. And then they, obviously they have uh, Bernie returning, which they can get some points out of him. They'll be good workout partners. Uh, it should really give that program a lot of good momentum moving forward. Absolutely. Right above them, mainly for the reason you said and that they only get one year of Evan Wick. Cal Poly only gets one year of Evan Wick. But Oklahoma State – because they get five years, four years of production, but five years total, possibly, of Carter Young. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Boone was their only other pickup, so they they would not have even been in the top ten, uh, but swooped in late and picked up the number two spot because you get a guy like Carter Young. And Carter Young, high recruit, but obviously in the past month has increased his stock exponentially. Seriously, yeah. Not only that, but like that's, a, that's such an area of need for them. They yes. If if they had picked up a Carter Young type of recruit at some, like you know 197 or or somewhere where they're already, 165 somewhere where they're already really good, um, it, you know it'd be like okay nice. So now I have to figure out how to get him in. But 41, if that's where he ends up going, they need they need a 41, and and he could be he could be the solution. So I I think that I think that makes sense. I I do think Wick. I mean it's you're a little more certain even though it's just one year. You're a little more certain about where he is on the NCAA mm-hmm. level. Um, yeah, absolutely. But if you're if you're ranking based on upside, based on recent performance in the offseason, Carter Young makes it. Makes if you a think about it, in total number of NCAA points, which isn't the end all be all um, metric of I mean, production, but yeah. you're, I would vote. My money would be on you're going to get more NCAA points in Carter Young than Evan Wick total. From one year of Evan Wake versus oh, yeah, because it could be four, four versus one for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing I guess on Evan Wick that 
I uh, and I this guy know him. I I think he's playing on staying in Cal, Cal Poly and training. So those mm-hmm. aren't just NCA points. Is you're going to have someone stick around the program who's just a, he's just a really good guy. He's a hard worker. He's a good leader. He's going to be kind of all all those things that you want. And now you have this guy that's going to be around your program for the next. You know, I don't probably will say at least for the next Olympic cycle, 2024. Yeah. Cal Poly needs, Cal Poly needs like the state of California to think of it as a, you know, a, a destination for its best, its best wrestlers. And I don't think they've been that for a while. Like, some, you know, they, some of their best guys that you think of over the, over the years are not, they're not necessarily like the, the standout California guys. They, I don't think they've really had that. They haven't made that kind of impression. Now, I mean, you know, hopefully Fresno State comes back. That's an uphill battle. Andy Hamilton wrote about that on the site. But but without Fresno State, I mean, there's just, you know, there's not like – Bakersfield's there, but they're, they're not like a – same thing. They're not like a huge brand in, in wrestling right yep. now. Uh, if, if Cal Poly can keep guys like Wick and, and start to start to like – really i don't know make some make some money in california then that's a huge thing and i think wick can help do that yeah for sure absolutely now oklahoma state did lose jacason burks a pretty decent where, where did he go uh he went i think he's Juco. At, yeah i think he's at like iowa western iowa western i or uh yeah uh, i think it is iowa western yeah um but good recruit but a guy that i don't think was ever gonna start at yeah, oklahoma so. state um, or at least struggled to make the lineup, probably a spot starter. So well, three one twenty fives in one season. I don't know. <laughs> they, already had, they already had Dayton fix. It was exactly. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, cool. pretty pretty big logjam. Actually, he did bump up. He wrestled one twenty five last year. And I think he bumped up to one forty one for one duel um, yeah. last year when they needed a guy, but he, he's not a forty one pounder. Yeah, exactly. number four. Uh, Penn State, um, they picked up a big pickup in Max Dean, an in-state finalist. But, A, it's not even 100% if he's going to start. Because yeah. they have an All-American in Beard yes. at that weight. So it does keep Dean from other teams, from being at a team like Cornell that yes. is going to compete with you. It takes the, their points off the table. But you might not get any actual uh value out of him and they lost jared verclaren bo pfeiffer austin boone and keegan carminati yeah i mean that, that's one of these words i look at like the next team down in oklahoma I, I i'm guessing from that list they're gonna get two or three starters um whereas penn state's getting one and and that one when we think about the increase in points compared to what was already there is probably not not that great. So I think of you know from just from an impact perspective, like you know Oklahoma's class. If I if I was coaching those teams, I would like the Oklahoma's class more because those guys are going to fill a significant amount of spots. I mean, I, I you guys could be wrong, but Prada Grello and Keegan Moore are probably going to be all starters next year, right? Probably, and they're all most likely qualifiers. So it's yes, how do you value like, three probable starters and probable. NCA qualifiers, maybe one yeah. can sneak into an all a lower All American based on their history versus a guy who has proven he's going to All American and compete sure. for a national title. 
Yeah, I guess, and maybe it's also based on uh, like the level that the team is at. You know, for Penn State, obviously, the NCAA qualifier—that's like bar is higher. Right? Like that's, I said, they have an All American there, and they're recruited higher. over it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of—I mean, Penn State for NCAA qualifier is kind of a failure for someone in their lineup. They want someone that's scoring points, and we talked about that. Where there's a few ways next year where they're probably not going to be scoring points. That's really going to hurt them against Iowa. Whereas Oklahoma, say Oklahoma took. 10 to the NCAA championships next year, like that's, and they win the big 12s, like that's a big deal for them, you know? And then, you know, maybe they sneak in two or three All-Americans and have a really solid, That that's a really positive direction they're moving. So I guess it's also kind of, maybe I'm, maybe in my head, I'm waiting it based on the expectations of the team. And when I see a team who, oh man, they picked up, they probably picked up three starters in this. Um, that's kind of like, wow, that's going to really affect your lineup. Yeah. Um, uh- Definitely. Uh, Oklahoma does have a case, probably, to be yeah. ahead of Penn State. A couple so, of these other teams. So think about this. Oklahoma last year in duels went 5-5. Five and five. Um, So 500 winning, you know, 500% or 50% winning yeah, percentage. 50. Like that, when you're, when you're a program like Oklahoma and you're in a position where they are, there's two ways to, you know, increase your, your perception from the fan base, from, from people around the program. And I, I'm saying this because in Wyoming, it was this way, right? Like people would pay attention when one, when you had a standout individual like Bryce Meredith was at Wyoming making the NCAA finals, people were paying attention, but the other, and the, the, the time in like Laramie and in that community where people were talking about Wyoming the most was when they had super impressive dual meet records. There was a year where they won like nine straight duels and, um, and people in the community were talking about like, is this the best Wyoming team ever? Are they going to, you know, yeah. outperform these, these Bryce Meredith teams? People don't, average fans maybe don't know how like scoring works at NCAAs, but you pick up three starters and you turn that five and five dual meet record into yeah. eight and two or and seven the W's and three. in the win and loss column. Yeah. That makes a huge, <laughs> yeah. huge difference. So huge I, I think hundred percent. So I think those, I think those, those, um, those pickups for Oklahoma and for where that program is and where they want to be could end up shifting how people around that program think about yes. it. And that's a, that's a big mm. thing. Even if, in you know in in NCAA points maybe they don't pick up a whole lot just even having more guys at the NCAA championships having yeah. more dual meet wins it makes a huge difference. Yeah, Bray, I think the same story you're telling about Wyoming is you know that was the same path Missouri went right they not terrible and then all of a sudden they get better and they have a couple good dual meet seasons and then you know it took us I think 2002 was a pretty decent dual meet season which was when I was uh, before I was there 2003 when I was redshirting. We it didn't have we didn't have a good NCAA tournament till two thousand seven, right? I mean we're talking we're talking about, and NC State same thing like think about how good they were in duels and, and it took them a few years to start having good NCAs. So I think for any team the path is like big build ten solid guys and then you know start adding those real blue chippers where you can start scoring big points. That's kind of the path. So yeah, I, I like this class a lot. Hey, the other thing maybe not to take this off a tangent going to number six. The other thing I was like. I guess I didn't know we were talking about this morning, but when I look at this list, JD put together, my my first intuition is there's really not that many transfers. You know, for for the NCAA finally just opening everything up and saying you guys can go wherever the hell you want, um, pretty much. I mean, there's not really any restrictions. Everyone thinking, oh my God, this is going to be the end of the world. Everyone's going to go wherever they want. There's not really a lot of transfers. There's not that many. It's it's small list. Yeah, I mean, there's a decent amount of trans- that There's not a lot of big name transfers I, yeah. I mean I would was... love to see it compared to um 
I would love to see it compared to like if I wish there was somewhere you could do it like a year by year so we could see because this for me this list actually feels like lower than normal years. Yeah. Well, there was higher. over two hundred transfers. This list well, isn't everybody. So here's so here's the thing. So in the in the transfer tracker that we have, we have two hundred and forty nine guys that went into the portal. And 123 of those, we we have committed commitments listed. There are going to be a lot of guys that that we not we didn't catch because maybe they're transferring to a D2 or NAI school, and yeah. you just aren't going to oh. see that commitment. Um, so I'm sure more than 123 have actually committed somewhere. But but I think it's it's similar to like the name, image, likeness thing, where where some of these guys are like, oh, now I have leverage. Now I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. And you find out like, you know what? Maybe you don't hold as much value <laughs> as you think you do. Seriously. Um, so. You know, but but I, I don't know. That's that's I think 123 transfers and most of those are D1 to D1. It's that's that seems significant. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wish we had. I I, I just, just on this list when there's like you know one and two coming in per team. Like, I wish I had a historical list because it does not feel like normal. When I think I would say you know we go, go back to my college experience, there was definitely this many people coming and going in every off season, right? We pick up a couple of guys, we lose a couple of guys. Like that was really normal. That was, that was not abnormal. I, you know, and I would say, you know, a lot of these are total between, between in and out total is like three to five. Like I, I, I could probably name that on my hands right now of all the guys we had coming and going. Um, so it, it feels like it's not that many. And I'd be very curious to see. Cause if we think, if you think 200 total, that's, you know, they're leaving one place and going to another place. So I don't know if you want to count that as 100 or if it is actually 200, you're counting both the in and the out. But there's 80 teams. So it's it's either two and a half or 1.25. It's not it's not a huge number. Yeah. Back in your day, what did guys do when they wanted to transfer? They start picking up the phone and calling people. Hey, I want to come to your program. Uh, send smoke signals. That's how old <laughs> I am. No, uh, I mean they would go talk to Coach Smith. I know there was like there was a couple contentious ones, like Scott Parker got kicked off the team, and it was really just not a good dude. Did a lot of bad things, and you know he wanted to leave, and Coach Smith's like, "Nah, forget you." Like you know you were just such a such a bad influence, and everything's not else on our team. But then Coach Smith ended up releasing him, and he went to Oregon, for example. Uh, we had a handful of guys come in, you know, like Brad Seleski. Slippery Rock Trip program, he came in and started for us for a year or two. So, yeah, um, I, I guess they probably just called. I mean, a lot of these college coaches know each other, right? It's not like the, the wrestling world is relatively small. So I'm sure it was just something where one coach calls another coach. And in most cases, it's not highly contentious. It's like, you know, like that the program dropped or you get kicked off the team or something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like the transfer tracker now makes it so easy for coaches to see it's all the available so – recruits versus a scenario where it's like you know coach smith calling up somebody and being like oh yeah you know my 97 guy just left and they're like oh really i could use a 97 or something like that instead of yeah like, now you can just be like yeah i don't know how 97 uh, okay here's here my yeah, like, actually you know john yeah john Cerritos, the the cal poly coach right now the one year he was behind, Kenley Kane Brosen was All-American at 57. Tyron was an All-American at 65, and I was an All-American at 74, and he had nowhere to start. He ended up going to University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. He, he All-American there. I mean, you know, he was really good. He just couldn't find a spot in the lineup, so he went somewhere else, and he did really, really well there. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely happened. That's why, I just, you know, I, I, I just feel like 
and that, definitely not you guys, but um, certain people when they opened up their transfers were like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. Everyone's going to do whatever they want. And it's like, well, now we've had a year of it. And it doesn't really look like that at all. Um, I'm just envisioning like a recruit, like a backup guy being like, you know, who thinks he's kind of all that, but maybe behind someone good or something. All right, I'm entering the transfer tracker and <laughs> reading the transfer portal. And then he just like is sitting next to his phone for like two days and it's <laughs> no, not ringing. Nobody's calling. You <laughs> know what's funny? Yeah, like fo- following, the transfer, has happened. I'm sure. following the transfer tracker, like the, the really interesting ones to me are, and I don't want to name names, but like when guys go into the transfer tracker like one week after school started, you know, uh-oh, something, oh, something yeah. fell apart. <laughs> like something's not good there. Um, that was mm-hmm. maybe not a voluntary transfer tracker, yeah. transfer portal situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. But hey, you got Oregon State behind Oklahoma, and they got Gas Tank Gary, and they did also get Gas Tank Gary, also two other NCAA yeah, from qualifiers. a branding perspective. Yes, they got Gary Traub, they got Corey Crooks, Tanner Harvey. Those are all NCAA qualifiers. I don't know; they're they're right up there with Oklahoma. That's a pretty it, good. It was yeah, neck and neck with them in Oklahoma. Um, I, I just ended up favoring, I guess, kind of Rod and Grello. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Dude, Gas Tank Gary. He was one of the NCAA's top 25 most exciting wrestlers to watch. Yeah, did you see that, Ben? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, they did. They the NCAA, NCAA.com, <sighs> I forget who the author was. They put an article, and Gary Chop made the list for top 25 uh, most exciting wrestlers to watch. Who was the author? I, I, I do not remember. I don't know, but I, I, I mean, didn't see Prado, Grello, or more on that list. So That's true. Yeah. I always tell my wife... Um, I don't think I've actually had this conversation publicly. I, I uh, It's so funny to me, like, what catches on with human beings, you know? And so people get so mad because, you know, like, uh, last week there was the, the woman who disappeared and everyone's saying, oh, everyone only cares about her, but what about all these other people? And it's like, it's so funny to me what catches the human imagination because if you guys remember a couple of years ago, there was that damn gorilla that everyone was all upset about. Yeah, and I'm it's bad. like, well, there's <laughs> there's hundreds of people dying in America every day and we're arguing over a damn gorilla. Like, I'm sure that girl was sweet and all, but it is a girl that's not sweet prince, Harambe. (laughs) But, like, this one, like, I don't know what Gary Traub did, and I'm sure it was a little bit of our fault, but Uh, I think FRL played a big part. (laughs) Yes, he, like, caught on and caught on, but what made him catch on with us? I don't even know. It was just like, it was something, and then boom, he catched on, and then it's a thing, and we don't even know why it's a thing, but it is. It's like, it's fire, baby. What the heck? He did. He, does, I guess he, he won like two matches late or something. Yes, I don't even remember. He sees some opportunities. That that's that's a big thing. Um, and then the other the other piece of it was uh, th- so that Ohio State has this like this guy who does the 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 PA who like walks on the mat named like Father Panda, and he 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 had a, a shirt on an Ohio State shirt on. And he took it off and he had the Gas Tank Gary shirt underneath. He he hyped the crowd like. Yeah, I don't the- remember that. They loved him in Columbus. Yes. Then he got put on scholarship. Yeah. That too. And then he uh, yeah, was, I remember that. It also it also helped that no one thought he was going to be the starter. That like, that's part of it. Yeah. That, everyone was like backup too. comes yes. in and this backup. Yeah. And then he does heroic things in a couple different duels. They they really needed him, and then he he played into the crowd. I mean, it was dude. He hit all the right beats. He seized the day, man. He did. Good for Gas Tank. I hope I hope he can <laughs> yeah, recreate it in Oregon. Oh, here we go. We got this article coming up in a little bit. Um, Gas Tank Gary. It's so great. You see the other names on this list, and then you're like, 
which one of these is not like the others uh it's great all right gable stevenson okay <laughs> yep Gable number one makes sense gable uh, ahead of spencer okay spencer lee that, that owns debatable ferrari yep 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 so wait what is the tell can i get an exam is it most exciting or is most it, what exciting is- uh, yeah, exciting. that's a tough one. Most Is there, so yeah, because if we're talking just about strictly wrestling based, uh, like Ferraris, like watch a paint dry sometimes. Yeah, he he is not the most exciting to watch, but that's just, it's the antics. You don't know what you're going to get yeah, post and pre-match that make it so much fun. Yeah. You see, Very he's true. in Columbia right now. Columbia, the country? The country? Yes. Uh-oh. Oh, is he getting stem cells? He's getting stem cells in his foot. Wow. There, and then look uh, at this. Gas tank Gary all the way down there. Boom. Number 25. 25. He snuck in. They had to get it. That is awesome. Man, Oregon State <laughs> Oregon State wrestling uh, They say it right there in the first sentence. Most of the athletes on this list are NCAA finalists, <laughs> NCAA All-Americans, or NCAA champions. Yep. Not gas tank Gary. That's too funny. NCAA I you're right, though. Brady. And was denied of his chance at NCAAs in 2020. Yeah. This is a good little pickup by uh, Oregon State. I mean, they, they, just kind of same thing we talked about uh, Oklahoma, where Oregon State's got a new coach they're building up. They're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of starters out of this hall. And we've said it before; it's been said a bunch. But at this point, at the Division One level, you just have to keep money set aside in your budget for yes transfers. Yeah, like you don't know who's going to enter that portal. Who's going to get her on your team and you need to go snag a certain weight from yes. somebody else after the season? It's going to happen. Yeah. So we talked about Oklahoma's 5-5. Five and five. Oregon State last year, 4-5. and five. They had a four-point loss to North Dakota State, an eight-point loss to South Dakota State. Um, those are, you know, those are matches that if you – you know, one or two things go go the other way. They had a, a 16, 19 loss to Stanford. Like those are three dual meets that if you swap out a couple starters, you have three NCAA qualifiers entering the lineup. Like you could you could easily yeah. see those results getting flipped. If all of a sudden, you know, they're seven and three, like huge difference, huge difference. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, I have one thing. Did, wasn't Oregon State going to get Trey Munoz also? I heard that rumor. I, I uh, heard Trey. that too, but he is not on their roster um and has not like posted about it on social is he enrolled, media is he enrolled in school because i mean school has started now so he's got to be somewhere because he i was really impressed with his freshman year yeah he had a great freshman year which is why i kind of dinged arizona state too their number next on this list at number seven they picked up all-american cal parko right. oh trey he's munoz a, on wrestle staff they have him on the oregon state team He's not on their roster, though. Yeah, WrestleStat is not official, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I haven't officially seen it anywhere, so yeah, I wait, can't say on. for sure. What the hell? Damn it! I'm on Instagram. What if the, they picked up Trey dash. Munoz, that's that's a big pickup because I think pretty highly of Munoz. And he's got, and he has four years of eligibility left. Also, yes, it makes oh. sense given the. Uh, you know, given given the relationship with Pendleton. Um, yeah, yes. his Instagram. He hasn't. Let's see what is he posted anything. But what about the uh, school directory? Because um, obviously, uh, school started now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, they're gonna have to know. I mean, I guess he could be maybe in the second semester or something. That's that's and, my uh, guess. Okay. But I mean, he he went in pretty early, um, to the transfer tracker early enough, and I remember hearing 
and possibly to Oregon State a while back. I feel like he would be a first-semester guy. He's, he's definitely not at Arizona State either. He's not on their roster either, and he was last year. So I, he, he's not going back to Arizona State. Yeah. Um, you know, the other person who would make this really interesting is where the hell is Nick Sarniano going to go? Because he, he'd bump someone up quite a bit on this list. Oh, yeah. I mean, Big time. He basically shoot just about anybody up to number one. Number one? Yeah. That's big. Maybe points, not because points. Shane Griffith, Real Woods, Jaden Abbas, probably Trump. That, but They're kind of a fake number one, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, would you rather have Nick Seriano? Would you rather have Nick Seriano for a semester or Carter Young for his career? I would rather have Carter Young, but on, on this specific list, if you give him to Penn State or Oregon State, which I think are the two destinations people are considering him for, uh, that, I, that would bump them up to number two if we're counting Stanford as number one, yeah. in my opinion. I agree. Penn State. If he, if he goes to Penn State, I mean, that that makes Penn State number huge. one. You, so yeah. huge. Yeah. It's like, sorry, uh, Speaking of another person who just catches – Fire like yeah. people love Nick Seriano constantly. Like you know, FRL questions or whatever, and it's just update on Seriano, update on Seriano. What's going yes. on with Nick Seriano? Yeah, we don't have an update. By the way, we won't know for sure what he's doing until very close to second semester. I'm guessing. Nor nor does he. Got it. Nor does he. Okay. Uh, back to this list, like I said, number seven, Arizona State. They got Kyle Parco, um, but lost Munoz, Corey Crooks, and Nick Ramo. So, uh-huh. man, I know you're. I know you're dinging people for losing. Uh, dinging teams are losing people. Parco's good and fills in a really good spot, but Munoz, Crooks, and you know Ramo hasn't really done anything at the college level. But that feels like a big minus. It is a big minus. Okay, so you, you think Parco's that high because, like, you know, we I mean, brought he's an All-American. They get the him for one, four years, right? Yeah, Minnesota got uh, Minnesota got a couple people, but they lost. Like, they got Krediger, and there's someone else I'm forgetting. But they lost Jake Allard. They lost Boo Dryden, right? They lost some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, they're not on this list either. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like... Trey Munoz at the four-year starter. Crooks, you know, his is decent. Ramo, you know, hasn't really had any production at this level yet. Um, Parco, how many years does he have? Two or three? I think four. He's got. Uh, Wasn't he, last year's freshman year? And no. he doesn't count. He can take four if he wants them. This will be his third year of college. What? So, yeah, because he, re- he how is that? Even? He redshirted, <laughs> and then so last crazy. year didn't count. So, this is his so third year can... college, but he still has four years of eligibility. Wild. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, and he was, I mean, Jeez, yeah, he, he was 17 and two in his red shirt year. And then all American last year. I like my perception of him was like, oh, maybe he wasn't that great, but snuck on the podium. I, I think he was a little untested, but, but he's, I, you know, just looking at his record, he's, he's got a better record than I expected him to have. Um, he, you know, his, his losses in his career are, uh, DJ Lauren, who was a teammate, then Josh Heil, mm-hmm. who's good. Um, Tristan Lara, yeah. that's the one that's that's like his his worst loss. But Tristan Lara is not bad. He's and then not, and then yeah, Sammy Sasso, Bulu Allen, Brock Mahler, those are all fine. It's a 
good, good. That's a good roster right there for him. It is funny to see um, he had a he had a three two win over Corey Crooks, which maybe I mean maybe like the like it, it's got to be a weird weird transfer situation for Corey Crooks who was at Arizona State and then they they picked mm-hmm. Kyle Parko up, which is like basically like well he beat you for the spot you had your wrestle off at NCAAs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so funny. I, Damn, they, Parko they might go year. back down to forty one next year. Yeah, Oklahoma or Arizona State doesn't really have a lot at 41, 49. That's really good. So they got Vasquez at 41, who hasn't, you know, he's kind of unproven. Uh, another guy that I've never heard of, uh, Mikey Ramos, who I, I don't think he's had a lot of success. Jared Powell, same thing. Yeah, so I mean, they don't have a lot. I think he can kind of pick his weight class there. But they got a good team, though, for real. Yeah. Unless they get Soriano and they bump Michael McGee up or something. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I and I do remember after NCAs, Parko said he's definitely he definitely feels better at forty one. Who knows? He might do whatever's best for the team, or maybe lifted a bunch this summer, or whatever. Because he yeah. he was like at forty one last year, and then bumped up at the end, if I remember correct, to forty nine, and because it's better for the team. And yeah, he he wrestled the entire the he wrestled the entire season, and then I think I think he couldn't beat DJ Lauren, and then and then just it's like all right, I guess I'll I'll wrestle, um, yeah. you know, forty nine for Big Twelves, and then and then he qualified and rest, you know, sixth place at NCAs. You're, you're very casual bump up to All American. Sixth place at NCAs with casual wins over up. Bryce Andonian and Jonathan Milner. I mean, that's not bad. That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> All right, one spot below them, Northern Colorado. They picked up a couple Minnesota guys, like you were saying, Ben. They got Alar, and Baylor Fernandez, and then Jackson Hemauer. They lost Billy Higgins, Ethan Leake, and Thorius Robeson. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Hemauer is a qualifier. Um, he's he's really tough. And then uh, Alar is a qualifier, but they're the same weight, unfortunately. So I don't I don't know what the plan there is. I don't think Jackson's that big for that weight class. I don't think he's going up, so maybe Alar is. Um, and Baylor Fernandez is right around there also. And I was always pretty impressed with him. Um, but he was going to be really Minnesota's hit. guy until Sparks really had a good freshman yeah. year last year. Yeah. So interesting to see what he can do. So they have so WrestleStat has Jake Alar listed at sixty five. His first three seasons oh, wow. were at sixty five. So I, I wonder if if they're if Northern Colorado's thinking about him sixty five, Hemauer seventy four. I don't know. That'll probably that'll probably work for them. Get, get get a couple starters. North Colorado's putting together a pretty good team. Where the heck is Theorius and Robinson going though? Jamestown. Really oh really? Wow. Jimmy's. because so, he wants to play both sports. Uh, right. I don't. I cannot confirm. If that is the case, if he's doing that, but uh, he did at Northern Colorado. Dang, I haven't looked at the transfer tracker in a while. There's uh, some new dudes in here. Jacob Decatur's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did I just look at? Oh, Mick Burnett is pretty solid at 149. He went in there, and then Asa Garcia is not bad. He's in there. Yeah. Um, oh. Going back to Northern Colorado, you know, losing Theorius Robeson is is it, like at first it feels like a big a big hit because. 
because he was so highly touted, he had that win over Montori Bridges. Everybody remembers the win over Montori, and then he cowboy. When on you cowboy him. on on in Laramie on him, right? He turned, found Coach Branch, and did it like to to, to Coach Branch. You do that, you're gonna get remembered. But and that was the opening tournament too, so everyone was like, "Who is this kid? Yeah, like, what is going well, on?" You heard that story about about like he was supposed to wrestle in the freshman sophomore division, and then he bumped up against. Uh, he told he he like. He was having conversations with with the coaching staff, and they were like, "Hey, we want you in the freshman sophomore, sophomore division." And he had been apparently talking for weeks about, "I'm going to beat Montori Bridges at the Cowboy Open." Like, and they're like, "No, you're going freshman huh. sophomore division." He went over to the head table and told him, "Hey, my coaches made a mistake. They told me to come let you know that." Oh, I'm that's supposed so to be, awesome! I love yeah, him. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in this in the Open, not the freshman sophomore. So, so they so like. I think Coach Nickerson saw the brackets. He was like, "Wait, what? Like, why is why is Theorius in the open?" And then he let him do it and uh, got it done. Um, but they had Jace Kelzer at 125, who who's been productive for them, and who I think was beating Thor- Theorius in the room. So you know, it feels like a big loss, but really, they're they're solid there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I'm I now you guys got me digging and deep dive through the transfer tracker. Minnesota lost a lot last year. Because uh, Ryan Thomas and Casper McIntosh both kind of were showing some promise, and they're both young, and they both left Minnesota also. Yeah. Dang! And then we talked about these other guys. They they really lost a lot of people off the roster. You know who lost, without a doubt, the most? Campbell. Who's that? Mm. Yeah, uh, well, I, that was a coaching change. Yeah, that was. A I know, but it, it it was wow. like going back and looking through this. I'm going to see how many, if I can find how many it was kids. A lot. It was a big transferred number, out the exact number, but. Yeah. It's, they did a roster clean out. It's kind of. They also had happen. a gigantic roster, didn't yes. they? Though didn't they have like fifty five people or something crazy? Yes, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like they really pride themselves on that as a strategy. Is like we're gonna get a ton of guys. There's gonna be a ton of you know battles it's in the room. That's a pretty good strategy. Yeah. 21, 21 kids left. Wow. How big? I only got rosters right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious how many how big the rosters right now. I'm gonna look it up. I bet you the yeah, roster's uh, still over forty people. <laughs> it's, it's probably big still. Yeah, I agree. The grand. It's funny too, uh, and I know. Um, I know Bray mentioned this earlier, but to kind of go down the list and see how many of these dudes are still like they decide they're leaving and then found nowhere else to go. You know, like this. Yeah. So, so you guys have the one column where it's where are they leaving from and where did they go, and it's it's the second column. It's the scenario of going in and then nobody wants you. Yeah, the other thing I think about this, and I don't say any names, but I've just seen about four or five of them in a row. Uh, I don't remember who was talking. Someone was talking about just you know how, how you solve how you solve your problems, how you be successful at life, and they were saying one of the things they look for is high school kids uh, and or youth kids who their parents are switching their clubs a whole bunch, right, or they're switching their high schools. Mm. And what they said that tells them is that. You know, when you when you encounter a problem, you can say the problem is within, the problem is me, I need to figure out how to solve this, or the problem is somebody else's fault, right? That's kind of the way you can think about problems. And generally, when you see a kid who switches a lot, they think it's always someone else's fault. It's that coach's fault. It's my teammate's fault. You know, I'm I'm not taking any of the responsibility for this failure. I'm putting it on them. And if I just and if I just find the right place for myself, I'm gonna have a lot of success because there's no problems within me. Right, it's always someone else, and so it's funny now. I see some of these guys in the transfer tracker. It's like, oh man, you know, he transferred twice in high school, and now this is—he's already been at two colleges, you know. Or yeah. And there's actually a handful of people in this, and now it's funny because you know other people probably catch on to it because now the third column is blank with some of these guys, and some of them are very high level, 
at some point in their high school career, they were very, very high level. And now, you know, no one even really wants them kind of thing. Yeah. By the way, Campbell currently, if I counted correctly, 43 guys on the, on the roster. Dang, that's roster. wild. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's still probably a top 10 size wise roster, right? I, yeah. I mean, maybe it's gotta maybe be even top five. Like top they, five? Yeah. I think that between them and, um, sacred heart, sacred heart for whatever reason, also they are like have, they battle back and forth between who has the, the biggest roster. And that's, I mean, 43 guys. Uh, is what's huge. the average? Probably like 30 to 34. Yeah. 30, well, yeah. a lot of them are like, I mean, I think Wisconsin's capped at 32. I think Northwestern is smaller. They're like 25. That's, you know, that really hurts Coach Storniolo. So a lot of rosters are capped at a certain number, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Back to this list. Um, number nine. We were just talking about them, Wyoming. Uh, they only got Jacob Wright, but Jacob Wright's pretty solid. And all they lost was Devin Gomez, who I don't, I don't, he wasn't really producing much. For them anyway, so you know, you pick up a national qualifier, a guy's gonna possibly compete yeah. for the podium and don't lose anybody. It's not bad. Boom. Yeah, Solid. he and, and he he like, you know, he's had big results for them already. That's that's one of the things too about last if you could pick a guy up between semesters last year, it's like you get that free year of productivity and then and then you don't lose a year of eligibility. Um and yeah, he's had the success at, at Big Twelves and then and then I think he he's either one or two matches away from the podium at NCAAs, and then he also he won that Oklahoma State tournament, and like a lot of people were were talking about that. It's just in terms of perception and what he added to the roster is a big was a big get for them. Nebraska kind of similar. Uh, they picked up Boo Dryden, a weight that they need. They need a one thirty three guy. Haven't had a whole lot of success. Who was there thirty three? So Ridge Lovett awesome. was two years ago, but he moved up. Or, uh, Thompson and um, Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah, so yeah. John Mulling. So John Mulling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One time he had a bur- he, he I thought he told me he had a bursa sack burst at Funky Fresh Camp, and I try don't ever trust kids, and I trusted him. And this dude was wild. He's like, hey, I also do cross country, so like we're doing like six sessions, re- or six hours of wrestling a day. Can I go run like six miles too? I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, if you're training for a- go do it, right? Yeah. And so his knee is freaking big, and he says, oh yeah, I got bursitis. And then the last day, I'm like, that just, something just doesn't look right. And then the dude had a big ass staph infection on his knee, and I haven't taken him to the hospital. Oh, <laughs> so, he's, so he's so tough. He's so tough. Too tough. Yeah, Too that tough. hurts. I had a pretty bad staph infection yes. in my knee once, and it it hurt. <laughs> dude, yeah, man, it's, he's the one. He's the one. A few years ago, who was like, he was trying to game the hands of the face rule. He would like in the hand fight. He would like move his face. Yeah, like, try to catch yeah. Most guys like try to avoid <laughs> the hands. He was like yeah. moving into yeah. it. But if it's a rule, it's like people are gonna game it. So, you know, why not? Yeah, that yeah, that can be frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was the top ten. Do we want to get to some questions and friends? Yeah, let's do it. Close out the day. From CJ Kemp. You get tacos today still because Christian's not there or what? Or are you yeah. more fun than ever? No, we get tacos. Fun? That's not a Christian thing. That's a float thing. We're eating his tacos. We're eating right. extra ones. He wishes he had tacos. Hmm. I bet the tacos in Norway are terrible. Ugh. They probably don't even have tacos. Yeah. Probably like Ludafisk, Ludafisk sandwiches or something. It's probably knockoff Long John Silver's over there. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Disgusting. Not the Long John Silver's is disgusting because it is not. But it is. I don't know. Yeah, that's a discussion it's, for another it's, day. It's pretty terrible. All the how food, all the food, all the menu items are the exact same color. <laughs> I don't care. It tastes good. That's a problem. 
like, what is this? Oh, I can I have to look at it based on its shape, and that's the only way I know what I'm putting in my mouth. It's like uh, it's fried and it's delicious this, this, and it's the, hot. The, the, the squares are fish. The triangles. <laughs> it went because of the hush puppies. The circle, okay, the, the spheres are the best. They're the hush puppies. But... Yes. Oh my goodness. Cowards. All right, CJ Kemp. <laughs> Watched a video of Kayla Newsman tra- wrestling at the OTC, and Kayla had more of a square stance than a lead leg. I've noticed Dake does this a lot too. Is it better to be more square when wrestling freestyle? This is probably a question for Ben. So I I don't remember Kale. I no, there wasn't tons of video of his competitive career, but I don't. I thought he always had a right leg lead, uh, and really had a stagger in his stance. Um, I would have to go back and watch the video to see if he was square, but I don't think Kale spent the majority of his career in a square stance. Um, now, I could potentially be wrong, but I don't believe so. But that's a couple guys out of, uh, right, so we're talking a couple guys, maybe even if he did, with a square stance and the high majority with a lead leg. So, no, I think lead leg is better. I think there is maybe a time where your feet square up, and if you're you know a good wrestler, you can probably wrestle with both legs led at different times although you'll you'll favor one for sure um jane cox for example he actually like he annoys me the way he moves his feet and i think it's like totally wrong but then he's so good so i can't say it's wrong because it's got to be right if he's that damn good at it yeah i'm watching kale right now and and he lines up left lead leg and yeah he, you know he squares he squares up at times and he he does switch his lead leg a little but he's he's definitely he's definitely staggered for the most yes, part. I thought so. So yeah, so the majority are staggered. There's a few guys that are they're square. Yeah, I think I think square stance puts you at a significant disadvantage. I know obviously there, there's certain people who use it. There's it's one of those things where they're not they're not successful because of it. I think they're just successful despite it and and maybe they they've actually unlocked something for their own, for themselves in the style of their wrestling that um that becomes indifferent to which leg they the other person is attacking. It could be the case that Kale was was going was going square stance because when wrestling somebody from the University of Nebraska, Kearney, he wanted to give himself a disadvantage and even the score a little bit, you know, sometimes. Or it could be he knew <laughs> Usman was so uh, good at attacking, he had to go defense mode. <laughs> we'll see. That's unlikely. I'm, I'm watching the footage right now, he's, actually. I think he is kind of like playing defense a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but he's also he's also staggered as much as he's, as he's square, I think. I, I don't know. He is a little more yeah. square there in this in this video than he was in other videos. This is also from 2012, so this is post even his comeback, and I'm guessing yes. he wrestles a little more old man. I'm not going to shoot as much, um, yeah. In these scenarios, so maybe that led a little bit more to the square stance. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but back to the questions. 701 is the Fargo area code. What's everyone's it's favorite awesome. Fargo memories or stories? Man, uh, I always—I mean, mine's kind of like I don't really have a specific. Like, obviously, I won Fargo. That was that was so great for me. I earned my college scholarship in Fargo. That was so great for me. And now I get to coach kids there every year, and there's been a lot of really great moments where you know kids had breakthroughs and had success or won or whatever it is. Um, and then every year for a while, we didn't do it this year. We did a, a like a Mizzou alumni get together the night before the the junior finals, which was always a lot of fun because. Um, you know, there's enough Mizzou guys coaching there. Where we always got to get together and see see old friends. So I love Fargo. I look forward to it every year. I was so sad in 2020 when we couldn't do it. I'm already looking forward to 2022. Let's do it. <laughs> from from this year, I like I think uh, junior junior finals 
between 45, 52, and 60, all those matches were were like razor thin, came down to the wire, and it was just like it was the first tournament I've been to since the pandemic where there was like a real legit crowd, and like those two center center sections of, of bleachers were were full basically to the top, and then you know Jordan Williams getting that turn late, then Caleb Henson hanging on late, and then the Josh Barr Aiden Riggins final. All three of those were were awesome, and it was like it was a it was just a, a three match sequence where it was like okay wrestling is back and it was it was great nice um my favorite fargo memory i didn't have a whole lot of success as an athlete never made the podium but the um time just being with like the team iowa guys when i was in high school was always super fun uh it's dumb, but we we used to like put beds together and then just oh. basically do like jujitsu with each other, but like <laughs> choke each other unconscious. Don't, don't was... implicate yourself here in crimes. A statute of limitations, I think it's up. Uh, and, and that was uh, <laughs> that was fun. Max Thompson, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that he actually choked out that no one really liked, and it was hilarious, but. <laughs> That, that was funny. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, funny. The, the funny one that comes to mind from this year was we we, had, we got to Fargo a day early for the last chance World Team Trials qualifier. Mm-hmm. And there was this dude up on the stage, total, you know, total roofer guy up on the stage warming up, like before the tournament Ro- started. A roofer. Yes. And we're watching this guy. And the, the guy had a pair of shoes. I don't know how the shoes had not fallen apart. Oh, yeah. So old. <laughs> And you could tell, like, this guy was like, about to get tuned up. But you could tell he also cut, like, a ton of weight to wrestle in this tournament. And, you know, not super old, but just, like, had no business being in this tournament. And his first-round match is Carter Young. I'm like, uh-oh, he, this guy must think that Carter Young, oh, high schooler, maybe I have a chance. He goes out there. He gets teched immediately. And then, and then um, I, you know, like, two minutes later, he's warming up again. Like he's gonna come back on the stage. I'm like, how does this guy up again already? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it turns out this guy had entered in freestyle and Greco, which they're wrestling at the same time. <laughs> and in both brackets, it was a five-person bracket. So he had to wrestle four <laughs> matches in a round robin in freestyle. He got and his money Greco. worth, baby. The guy went. The guy went zero and eight in like an hour and a half. It was it was ridiculous. And he was up. You know like, how bad that has to be on yeah. his body. He yeah. was not a young man. He was up oh, like eight. Wow. Yeah. Up constantly. I think the last two matches he just finally forfeit out because he got hurt. But um yeah, that, that was that was wild. Just watching this guy. He was literally up like all like all the time. <laughs> Getting wrecked all the time. Very frequently on the big stage too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kept putting him on there. It was it was ridiculous. Right in front of us. It was amazing. <laughs> All right, Joe Moore said no mention of the Spencer Lee interview on Bustin' with the Boys. We did actually mention it, but we did I listened it. to it since. Um, and one thing I didn't mention, uh, a takeaway, he said he would have wrestled off for the world team spot this year if Gilman wouldn't have automatically got it. Now, he said that. Oh, that's interesting. I believe him. I yeah, believe I him. wish we would. Hmm. That just, that just kind of suggests that 61 is not really – it's not part of the plan for him at all. No, he also yeah. said he is, I think his words were disgusted by um, people that get, like, really overweight. Um, like, he's like, 
Cutting weight's a lifestyle for me. Like he's always kind of cutting weight is a lifestyle. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, stay, like stay, he's always within striking lean. distance. Yeah, I'm like, he should say maybe staying lean or something. Yeah, ba- basically. Um, yeah. Although That's Thomas fine. Gilman also said that, and then said it is much better for him now at Penn State now that he doesn't kind of stay always within striking distance. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Much better. Uh. Trying to think, there was one other thing that caught my attention from that interview that maybe I didn't mention. Because I said he said he's considering MMA before. I remember seeing someone said that. Yeah, that that was kind of shocking, which I didn't see that one coming at all. Because Spencer seems like kind of like a lifer in wrestling, and you know, obviously we'll we'll be happy to have him. I hope he does not go over to MMA. I don't um, think I, he will. He didn't. He made it seem like. Yeah, it's a possibility. Like, I'm not ruling it out, but he said he also said he didn't want to be a guy that gets punched in the face for a living. And that's kind of what you do in MMA. Unless, yeah, maybe, you know, you maybe don't. he's not aware of the list of choices on your career. <laughs> yeah. He's also very into archery and said he is making his own bow that's right cool. now. Okay. Yeah. So, hmm. but we'll see. Uh, from Sonny Bates Mundo. Russia's best wrestlers are Dagestani Muslims. With few, if any, Dagestani female athletes, Russia's not as successful in women's wrestling. Are they going to be a top three women's team in the future, or is there another country you think will compete with us and Japan? Yeah, I think uh, Islamic extremism doesn't really like female participation in a lot of things, so I don't really foresee any of the Dagestani women wrestling. No, USA and Japan are definitely pulling away. Now, Russia is up there with the... Like, they're not that bad. In fact, um, they might have beaten us in 2019 Worlds. Are you uh, sure? First above us. This doesn't sound right. I might huh. be misremembering there, but Russia is still good at women's wrestling. Uh, they're just not quite as good as their men's. Yeah, this the, I think it's a great point though. Like that's that's something that is a, a huge reason why Russian women's wrestling isn't isn't at the place that the men's wrestling is, right? Like it's it's just, it's it's yeah. so cultural. Um, but I, in terms of other countries, like it's it seems like it's gonna be groups that that cycle through. I mean, China tends to have good teams. Um, then I mean, then like. After that, it's it just seems like there are certain years where where teams mm-hmm. do really well. Like Kyrgyzstan had a good year this year, uh, but I don't know. I don't I don't think there's like a superpower. I think it'll be kind of like it is on the men's side, where some some years Georgia is incredible and they're you know pushing yes. for a top three spot. Other years it's uh, you know you're you're, you're seeing other teams that are kind of making those. They moves. don't have the depth to every year have a yeah very good championship. Sometimes competing it's team. Azerbaijan, sometimes it's Iran, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. From Adam Rush, the first home Minnesota duel is against Oklahoma State. How electric would an AJ Ferrari bump up be? Obviously, very electric. That's we what already we talked about this, didn't see. we? I know. Well, it just keeps coming up. Like people just they want Abel Ferrari. Well, good thing Christian isn't uh, isn't here to shoot this down because I still make it happen. Let's do it. Uh, I want Christian did kind of poo poo it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're AJ Ferrari and. You know, I I don't know. You know, name, image, likeness, all that stuff. Like, 
a big stage and a big opportunity could could actually mean like dollars for a guy like AJ and yes. it's unlikely that he would win that match right but yes. i wonder he he probably believes he would win it but even if he didn't i wonder if he if he has somebody is in his ear kind of like an agent or whatever who's like hey if you do this if you promote this match if you whatever it's a huge opportunity to sell more of your more of your stuff or to even maybe get other name image likeness deals just by like promoting the crap yeah. out of yourself in this in this setting um especially now that like yeah. gable has wwe eyes on him and stuff i mean like go, like go do it make some money ferrari would be tremendous in the wwe but the, yeah and the other thing people people appreciate courage people appreciate that people would love to see him bump up even if the results probably not gonna go his way um i mean if he can lose a really competitive bout a three two four two five three something like that like i think he, he'll get a lot of credit for that and people as much are tuning in for that match for yes. what is happening in between whistles and before yes. the first whistle and after the last whistle. Yep. Also, just fact check myself. And yes, Russia finished second at the tournament championships in women's uh, wrestling. Three points what ahead of the United the, States. The brackets on that one were a little sketchy. JD has a Not, JD has a yeah, poster towards... on his wall of all the times the US has lost to Russia <laughs> in anything. So. <laughs> he would go look that up, wouldn't he? <laughs> you know, just fact checking myself and the show, keeping us on our toes. Mm-hmm. All right. We've lost a generational talent in Gable. We have a generational talent in Spencer Lee on the bench with no ACLs. These are guys who were supposed to take over the next generation of USA wrestling. Do you see anyone coming to keep this current momentum going? Our guys are aging. That's from Miles. We talked about this. We think everyone's going to... I mean, so I think Spencer's going to wrestle next year. But we talked about pretty much our whole squad, we think, is going to wrestle. Current squad's going to wrestle through 2024. So, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to be fine here. Yeah, and, like, you know, you have a guy like Jordan Burroughs in, in 2011, 12, 13. And I, I had a hard time then imagining, like, well, what's going to happen when Jordan Burroughs is done? At that point, it was like, well, maybe after 2016 he would retire can we, you know, can we, can we manufacture stars? Can we build interest in other people? hundred percent. Like, for, and also Spencer Lee, I mean, he, he does have no ACLs. He's aging, but remember like Kyle Dake had some pretty significant injuries where there were times mm-hmm. where you thought this yep. guy's never going to make a team. Um, David Taylor, you know, he had a big injury in 2018 and, and was able, or 2019 was able to recover. And now he is a massive superstar. I, even though Spencer Lee isn't making teams at a super young age, I think Spencer Lee himself is going to be in the spotlight for years to come. Um, and, and I, yeah, I think we have a, we have plenty of guys coming up behind him. And I think we have guys like Jordan Burroughs to, to thank for that. Um, yes, it's a good thing. Yeah. I think we have, Hey, uh, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going off topic. So if you got something else on this topic, finish well, up. The only thing, Burroughs said something in an interview recently where he said, he's like, wrestling is now big enough where you don't even have to be the guy that made the team to still be a big, legitimate star. Yes, um, that's and that's a huge like sign for, for the sport. So I'm not, I'm not worried about this. I think we're moving in the right direction. I agree. Not worried at all. Hey, we had uh, Luke Wise on Twitter commented that, Trey Munoz's real name is Trenton, and if so, he. If, I don't know if this is correct. If it is, he's enrolled at Oregon State, and then he, he puts the link up to uh, the profile. Good so I don't know if that's his real name, but I, I I feel like I remember it being his real name, like in a tournament. Yeah, uh, I believe it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So he's enrolled at Oregon State. Bump him up. Yeah. 
It could just be uh, something where, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how often those SIDs update the roster and stuff, but it could yeah. just not be updated. Okay, all right. Well, well, well. Oh! What's up, boys? Look who it is. Mahalo. Norway Piles. Well, I, had to, <laughs> I had to make sure. I was worried because I figured, man, an hour and change. Who knows what kind of propaganda JD's been spewing. Thankfully, Dude, he just – Christian, you want to know he just researched – we were talking about how, how Russian women's wasn't wrestling very good, and he went back. We they beat us one time. He went back and found the time in 2019. It her. wasn't like a <laughs> random thing. And just they they beat us in 2019. JD's life. You the know, last world championships. <laughs> he loves it. He loves Russian men. He loves Russian women. That's just JD. I, uh, I mean, we've actually only talked about Russia this entire show. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Comrade Radio Live. So. We we made it. Um, sorry, I wasn't on earlier. We had to go get some food, but um, now we're here. We're in Norway. Do you eat Long John Silver's? No, Long John. No, we found a really nice restaurant. How cool. are the tacos? <laughs> yeah, immediately found the. There's taco. We're about to go get tacos. Oh dang! Well, I'm full of no. Uh, Norway tacos are the best tacos. Christian, I was actually happy you weren't here because. Uh, we okay. talked about Ferrari Ferrari bumping the heavyweight, and I, I didn't want you here to uh, rain on a parade again. I love it. I'm here for it. Let's wrestle Mason Paris, wrestle all those guys, AJ. There great. we go. I mean, this, hey, we, we, we should have talked a little AJ Ferrari. Um, he's got this turf toe thing, but he's going to Colombia, Medellin. Yeah, we talked like, about it. He's in Colombia. Yeah, well, what's y'all's read on, on him going to Colombia for his treatment? Shoot him with those stem cells, baby. Yeah. It's the stem cells. That's what that's what you think's happening. I've heard Did good you ever things. Toe, ben, you were athletic. I'm going. I'm going to get. St- I never turf toe. I'm going to get stem cells in February. I'm. I'm so excited. I'm Dang. be freaking young. Young. Uh, I, dude, I got so many issues. My uh, my other hip though. Yeah, my non body. Entire is, body uh, just stem cells. Yeah. Well, I got, I got a terrible shoulder. Like my shoulders do not have any flexibility anymore. Got an elbow issue. So yeah, I'm gonna get stem celled up. Be all lubricated, ready to rumble. There you, you go. Are you going to Colombia also? Yeah, Medellin. That's where I'm going. Probably so the same like place. For stem cells. There's there's one in Medellin and, and there's other one things. in Panama that are both really high level. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they sell other things. I'm not partaking in. I think but. they harvest all kinds of organs too. I'm not sure. <laughs> JD, I, I'm watching uh, Cocaine Cowboys. I thought I'd already seen it's it, but great. Now as I'm watching. There, there's an older I've... Cocaine Cowboys, and then there's a newer Cocaine Cowboys that just came out like a month ago on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, the Netflix one. It's really yeah, good. it's great. It's by the same guy too, I think. But so yeah, I saw the old time. one. Okay, two. that's that's confusing, but probably not a good uh, radio topic. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any wrestling takes. We got here and and it was fine. Oh, Oslo's really cool. It's very <laughs> Ollie. No lie, we get in the we get in the um the lobby. Five minutes. Ollie's like, I love it here. He's like, I might. He's like, I might move here. <laughs> and then like everywhere we go he's just like he's just enamored with like the wonder of Oslo, which it is a very beautiful and cool city but i mean he's everything about it he's like ready to up and move which you know would at least explain his absence better than um from frl better than what the currently is so, yeah i would <laughs> love to go to Oslo. it hurts really nice so so what yeah. you guys have a little mini quarantine or what uh yeah yeah we have the uh miniature quarantine so we're still quarantined. We can't even – there's a workout room here. We can't even go in it for four days. Dang. No trainings. Now, is that like a UWW quarantine? Because 
Y'all went and got dinner. Yeah. Well, there's the, the dinner's here. The food's here. Oh, okay. But I thought I read yeah. Nor- Norway said they could use whatever the hell you want now. Well, you can. Um, you can. But uh, we – so they, they, they have the meals here for us. But we can – we have to quarantine for four days and we can go wherever we want. Okay. Can you talk to like the athletes and stuff now or, or are they all quarantined somewhere else? I think we, we're, we're like, as long as we're within that bubble, like we could see the athletes. Like I, I, I hope we do that tomorrow. Yes. Nice. Well, that's the most important people to quarantine. I don't care about the regular Norwegian people. If you freaking get Jordan Burroughs quarantined from the Olympics or the Olympics, the world championships, we're going to have an issue. You stay away from yeah. that man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to jack up here. Hey, I tested negative just now. I tested negative uh, before go. I left. Got the vax. Uh, I, I should be good to go. I'm not, I'm not likely to transmit it. To yeah, anyone. champ stuff. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, should be no should be no problems there. I'm trying to, I thought I had something to say. I'm very tired. I, I didn't really sleep any, so I'm, I'm oh, trying man. to... It's 4.30 here, so I'm trying to ride the wave. Uh, so, 4.30 p.m. p.m. There's Ollie. Look at Ollie. What a goof. This dude was <laughs> oh. just straight geeking in the lobby. Man. That's a direct quote. He's, he said this. He's so happy. He looks a little Norwegian, doesn't he? A little bit. He does. Just a red, red in the beard. beard. Spay yeah. is full on Norwegian. He's like a pure blood. Huh. Wow. Is he feeling any, any, call, any calling to his homeland? He didn't say – he did cry when we got here, which I thought was a little dramatic, but – well, he just cries. He's so. a crier. Yeah, he's a crier. He's a, yeah, he's a crier. He's a crier. <laughs> uh, that's um, funny. In any uh, anything other news? Anything happened while I was gone for eight hours? Nothing. No, there was actually no good news today. It all happened last weekend. Okay, Pretty perfect. Much. perfect. Yeah, I'm glad Oklahoma that. picked up a couple terrible. big commits. That's about it. Who's yeah. who's the secret name on the Oregon State roster that you guys were talking about? Trey Munoz. Secret name. Trey Munoz. Oh. You're saying there's a different name or something. I don't understand that part. Well, he's he's not on the roster, but his his Trenton Munoz is enrolled in classes, which is Trey's like birth name. So, um, got it. Yeah. So we're trying to get confirmation on that whole situation. Yeah, we okay. we talked we talked uh, transfer tracker rankings, and and I think Oregon State's gonna have to move up the list. I mean, it was a nice pickup. Well, they won they won the rankings when they got Gas Tank Gary. That was the end of the competition. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, they might be winning now. They're the yeah, only guys. They're the only people to pick up a top twenty-five most exciting wrestler in the NCAA. This is true. There it is. All right. Um, sorry, you guys were doing questions. I'll stop derailing. <laughs> uh, I think we're done. Actually, I looked. There's not really any more good. There's questions. one left. I was gonna ask. Which we one can, you like? You can get the last one. Why isn't the World thing? Team Trials backside like Repshage and international wrestling? Instead, it's the folk style fall to the backside. Agree that we shouldn't be blessed with fire backside match matchups, but still seems a little odd. That's from Chase White. This is easy because that system's freaking stupid. Why would we ever do that? It's, it's so stupid. It also because lends it, yourself yeah. to two-thirds, and when you're deciding a national team that's top three, you need one-third. Yes. Exactly, because it's better, and because we want to figure out who the third best actually is, and you never know. Our number three person may be the person that goes to Worlds one day. The number twos have before, so yeah, national teams are yes. big accomplishment. Don't want to double double bronze it out. 
It's a, it's yeah. also one of the only times you get that many of the country's best guys in a bracket together, and, and it's a developmental thing. You know, those backside matches a lot of times are where a young person on the senior level finally gets their hands on a lot of the best people, and if it's just a repashot system, there's way fewer opportunities for that to happen. And I think USA yeah. Wrestling, they care about development. They care about seeing which of these guys really are, are motivated to come back and, and you know, make get the next best thing and it's just it teaches the the national team a lot yep yes. yeah no that's good so. check out how small my beds are they're very there's two beds for no reason kind of little it's a little bite-sized bed that's uh, narrow you could be like jd and push them together and do jujitsu yeah i i want i want to but look at this there's oh a, there's something a, in the middle a table is just you gotta push it out just like a little smash bit, that just smash that off yeah. the wall. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they're if Bader like it. was oh, there, that's what he would do. Bader would do that. There's a fireplace. Look, a fireplace. Can you see that? Oh, oh wow. Oh, that is oh you can that sit is... right in front of it. I don't nice understand. I don't understand this door. Look, it only goes here like that, or if you pull it this way, like it can't be open. I don't I don't think they thought this Make a home I don't want to Wait, hold on. Is that fireplace in the closet? That's what I'm telling you right now. It's a What's fireplace going on? in the closet. What is in there? Go all the way in that room, Christian. Put your it's phone not there. a room. It's a, it's a closet. You it is a closet. What the F is going on? You got to smash that door off, too. You can make a sauna. That's weird. That's weird. Oh, a Ooh, sauna. That's what they sauna. want you to do. Yeah, Norwegian sell their saunas. Complimentary. Uh, sh- look at this shoehorn. Dude, what you don't have to bend over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that, you get the complimentary umbrella, right. which is great. It's going to rain every day. All right, Ben's, Ben's, Ben's going. If we're talking about shoehorns and umbrellas, this isn't much of a podcast. <laughs> we should oh, be I'm done. Sorry. I thought people might be interested in Norwegian culture. Guess not. <laughs> shoehorns and umbrellas? <laughs> Dude, the fireplace in the closet is the biggest fire hazard I've ever heard of. <laughs> Wait till I light it up. I'm going to use one of these robes as kindling. <laughs> oh my gosh alright Tyler play us out before Ben yells at me more <laughs> hey thanks so much Jeez. Uh, thanks are for you checking in tomorrow no. are you on the show tomorrow yeah I should be able to be on the show tomorrow unless something crazy is going on should be no problem so I'll be there exciting stuff oh the music stops or is it still playing it's still playing. Alright, we're getting out of here. CP from Norway. The boys here in Austin. Ben from Wisconsin. See you guys tomorrow. See ya.